Welcome to the Food, Family and Friends podcast, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. Now it's time to join your host, Vanessa Baxter. Hi again, and welcome to another episode of the Food, Family and Friends podcast. Today I'm winging my way down into NZME where I am going to be having a fabulous interview with the host of the Hits Afternoon Show, Stacey Morrison. I've actually uh, had the pleasure of working with Stacey Morrison on the television where she hosts Farno Living. And I was a guest chef on her show and we had such a fabulous morning together. I totally fell in love with this woman. She's got a beautiful heart. She is a mum. She's a radio and TV host. She's all about family. She couldn't be more perfect for this podcast. Uh, She is going to share some quintessentially Kiwi philosophies and feelings around bringing people together, food and family and friends. Stay tuned for this great chat with the well-known Stacey Morrison. I'll take what's good. So exciting. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually in the studio at the hits. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wish people could see this, but I promise you are. Describe what you can see. Yeah, well, exactly. I can see all these screens of the hits and iHeartRadio, and I inadvertently clicked a little button here with Mike on, and we were worried we were actually going to be recording over the top of the current hits. Well, uh, you broadcast. actually put your handbag on it, is what happened. Oh, yeah, I put my handbag on it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be the mic on button, bright red. And yes, we could have had people listening to us for about a minute until the tech comes running and goes, what are you doing? Exactly, exactly. But it's really exciting to be here and it does make me laugh, Stacey, because when I first met you, I met you and you were the host, obviously, of Farno Living and I was really excited because you invited me on as a guest to cook in one of your segments, which was fabulous. But at the end of the segment, you said to me, hey, it's been awesome talking to you, Vanessa, but I've got to race because I'm going on to my second job. And of course, I've only been living, well, I have been living here for four years, but it's quite funny because I listened to the hits and I said to you, what on earth is your second job? And you said, I have to go because I work on the radio. And I said, well, what radio station do you work on? You said, I do drive time in the afternoon on the hits. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, you're Stace. <laughs> so, Stace, Stacey, I see what we did here. And I remember you saying that you first started listening. You're like, I don't know. She sounds a little bit too young. I don't think I'm going to relate to her. And you said, and then I heard you talking about your family and I was like, oh no, okay. I can, I can do this. I can exactly, relate. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I just can't believe I spent a whole morning filming with you and getting to know you and then to discover that you're the same person I've been listening to for the last three years in the car. So are you telling me I put on a radio voice? I think you do. I do Stacey. not. I pride myself in not putting it on a radio voice. I don't know. I think there's just something about chatting to someone in person and not yes. relating yeah. because you don't know it's that person. So yeah, you just And you might relate. have pictured me completely differently. And that's what's so interesting about radio. Sometimes people go, I don't hang on a minute, I don't know how I pictured you, but it's different from how I saw you. Exactly. And that's, I mean, it's a changing face of the radio now anyway, isn't it? That there are podcasts and blogs and photos online of all of us um, and of all of you guys. So suddenly there is a face to the name, but imagine in the old days, I mean, you just listen to voices. Oh, you see, I'm second generation radio brat because my dad was in radio since I was about five or six years old. Mm. And so, yeah, he used to get that a lot. And for him, people would say, oh, 
I didn't know you were Māori. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've, I've seen that for a long time. And also there was the term a face for radio. But now when you even when you do have a face for the radio, that means that you also have uh, other things that you do in terms of how you're seen visually. And like you say, on the internet, on the things that you do to support your show. Mm, and I'm sure because as a radio uh, personality in the past, I guess you were almost – invisible when you were out on the street or in public and you know tv as the tv took over people sort of had that feeling of oh my gosh you know I'm a bit of a celebrity because people recognize me which of course happened to me after I was crazy enough to go on master chef but now the radio is the same I mean you'll be recognized from the billboards and yeah, things. Yeah I guess so I mean yeah I did radio sorry I did television first and it's funny because I did it right from when I was a teenager and uh. that just, yeah, had a different sort of understanding. But to see social media grow and how quickly things end up out there, I'm really grateful it wasn't around when I was a teenager, that's for I sure. I know, it's different for our children. It really it? is. And yeah. all of those things as parents that you have to figure out. Um, and my son over the weekend, we were doing some negotiation about how we'd agreed upon something and he changed the privacy on one of his, the one thing that I've let him do. And yeah. it was really interesting, his motivation of why he wanted to do that. So, yeah, there's lots of new things to to negotiate as a parent. Mm, but totally. I think, you know, there always has been. It's just this happens to be the one for our generation. Yeah, it's just different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So tell us a bit about your children. How many children have you got at home? Because you're obviously a very busy person. You, you're a host for a TV show that comes and goes. Uh, you're a consistent host on the radio, but you're also a busy mum. So tell us a little bit about your children. Yes, well, we do lots of different things, actually. But generally, the kids are at the centre of it, and it works. It works. We're so lucky because we have a nine-year-old son, and and a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old daughter as well. So three kids in total and they are um, sometimes part of our show, Fano Living. And for a lot of the other things that we do, like particularly around Māori language, they will come along. And so it works really well. Like say for the first week of the school holidays, my husband was teaching at the Polytech in Christchurch and we could all go down there and we can just kind of go in and out. But I did get some you know, good holiday time where you just feel mm. like you're just connecting with your kids' eyes all the time and playing and that's... I mean, I'm really aware of the fact that sometimes that's for me more than them, for my heart as a mum yeah. to feel okay. Yeah. So um, I am, I've, we both, my husband, Scotty, and I really appreciate that we're lucky that our work does fit in with our family and we always actually strive for it to be that way. So we do do a lot, but we try to keep some flexibility because like say on Wednesday, we're doing a little show with our kids. They got asked to do it. And they just look at it like, okay, yeah, well, they've got to go to work. And then they're getting a little bit competitive with each other. Like, she's already had a job. I need another job. That's so <laughs> funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, um, it really resonates what you've said because that's just happened to me actually across the school holidays. You know, I have been doing kids' classes all school holidays uh, for the last three years. Mm. And um, often I felt, gosh, you know, I'm leaving my own children at home to go and teach other kids how to yeah. cook or, or to, you know, inspire other children. And it's sometimes it's great. And and other times I'm like, oh, you know, I should have probably not done those classes this week. I should have just hung out with my own boys. And this time they asked to come and work for me oh, because cool. they know that I pay other students to come yep. and, and help out or other teenagers offer to come and help out. So they came and it may, it just completely changed how I viewed the classes. And in fact, I would say they're the best classes I've ever done because I was so happy. I was so happy because I was so proud of my boys. And I did. I kept looking at them in the eyes and saying, oh my gosh, you're amazing. You're awesome at this. This is so fantastic. And I think 
for them, they saw what it is that I go and do. Exactly. They appreciated. All these other kids thought mum was pretty cool cooking with them. Uh, and they were considered the big guys. You know, those little yeah. kids were like in awe that they were these two big boys helping them in yeah. the kitchen. And, and, if, and they no doubt see what you do in a different light. Mm. I mean, I had uh, – my son had to write a piece about both of his parents. And his one about me was that my mum's confident. And even when she doesn't feel it, she is really good at believing in herself and doing it. And I was like, wow. That's fantastic, <laughs> so isn't it? But, you know, as a working mum, because I'm hugely prone to guilt as well, it helps me believe that, okay, so there are some values that come across when they see us working like yeah, that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Now, because this is Kitchens Without Boundaries, this <laughs> podcast, and it's been amazing to talk about being mums and both of us working and trying to um, have a fabulous balance. How about food in your life, Stacey? You know, obviously when we were on Farno Living, we talked about the fact that lovely fresh food made easy for parents um, in general and also to try to involve everyone in cooking together. You know, that was quite paramount in Farno yeah. Living, which was why I loved being part of the show because it's very true to my heart. How does that work for you, you know, in your busy life? You've got your kids. Is food, you know, quite a part of your life? You're Maori, so, yeah. you know, you've probably got a big family and you all like to eat together. How, how does that work for you? Well, it's really interesting and it's evolved. In terms of people wanting things that are easy, doable with the family, save them time, the need for that is endless. That's what we found on our show. That's what people really want and how they actually really connect with the show because you can see high-end kind of stuff almost anywhere in terms of food channels and food programs, but something that relates to them and affirms that we're all doing this, we're all busy and trying to make things work and feed our families, that's quite unique. And so that's what I'm proud to be a part of. And that's mm. definitely my day-to-day -day reality. And because now I work in the afternoons especially, I needed something that really worked and that's my food bag really helped. So at different times we do my food bag because everything's there. You know, the the time spent grocery shopping, I resent it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, to be honest, you know, I'm such a foodie. And the reason I, when I go to the supermarket, um, I try to make it a learning experience for myself. You know, yeah. can I spot some new product or I'll deliberately go to an Asian shop and have a fostic around to see, oh, what's in the Korean section? Because yeah. I don't really know Korean food so well. So I make it, you know, productive for myself. But the mundane Going mm. to buy the milk and the bread and the cereals or whatever it is that's on your list. And also just... the emotional connection because sometimes all you need at the end of your day is to not have bread or milk to start to feel like I've got nothing to give up. I'm hopeless. Yes. I've just lost it. I'm useless. That is so true. <laughs> it's that so, is so true. But we do that to ourselves. That you know? is so funny because we were actually, uh, my kids were asked by their agent to try out for an ad and we had to self film at home. You know, sometimes yeah. when you do auditions, you self film at home. And I had to be in it as well. So we were all cooking together in the in the kitchen, and then in just to to be hilarious, I guess, or to, he thought it was amusing. My eldest son walked into the screenshot of our audition and said, "Hey, mum." There's no milk in the fridge <laughs> because they know that when they say that to me at the end of the day, I just lose it. I can't. I, it's like whoever finishes the milk has to be responsible to get to the dairy and get yeah. some more because if I can't have my coffee with some nice foamy milk in the morning, I'm not a pleasant person. <laughs> and uh, like Flanny, who I work with, he said to me, he goes, talk me through why 
Tupperware is such a big deal for chicks. He said, why is it such a big deal to my wife? If He's been banned from using them um, because she's convinced that he loses the lids. So he goes, I have to come to work and I'm not allowed to use the Tupperware, which I thought was food storage and what you're supposed to use. Yes. And I said, because if you cannot find the lid on your containers, it's just like, oh. Throw everything it's all in the too air. hard. It, well, it's like what? What am I? I'm achieving nothing. It's just <laughs> it flip your lid, literally, literally, because you just need to have a few things. And I'm actually not. I'm not a hyper person in that way. I'm not really high maintenance, but I think we all have little things that tell us that we've got our balance okay. We're doing all right. We can live with it. And women, as I say, so hard on themselves, so bad with guilt. But in terms of the food in our place, it's been a real journey for me. And so that's why I've been really honest on whānau living. I'm not a gardener. Neither I really am I. had to learn about it. And I was like, hmm, I'm even fighting the fact that I am quite interested. But I just, in my head, that wasn't who I was. Mm. And my little sister, who Who's now uh, 20. She said to my husband when we met, maybe 11 or 12 years ago, she said, Stacey never used to cook. When I was little, I had to eat things out of the microwave all the time. Like, what a deprived <laughs> child. And Were you meant to be feeding your little sister at uh, that point? That, that's you, how that- it, sort of how it's worked in life um, yeah. sometimes because I'm 21 years older than her. Ah, okay. And she... You know, and our mum died when she was seven. So there was an element, but she wasn't mm. living with me. It wasn't as if I was, you know, <laughs> totally responsible. Here. Um, but, you know, it's just her perception of it because her dad used to be a chef and all that kind of thing. And I must admit, when I was what I would consider, you know, a career woman and proud of it, I kind of didn't really think that the kitchen had to be my domain so much. And I think I kind of fought sure. it. Um, and then when I met my husband, it wasn't like, you know, okay, now I'm this picture of domestic bliss. I have to be the little woman in the penny when it comes home. But I realised that it is an act of love and that you want mm. to provide for people that you mm. love. And he's um, learnt in his own way because he's got this incredible mother who can just do everything before you've even thought about what you're going to have for tea. She would never, ever have no milk in her fridge. I'm just oh, saying. no. And, um, and so, you know, I, I realised that's another step again. And it was the love language of my stepfather. And there's certain people in my life I realised their love language is Giving providing food. food. Yeah. And that it gives me a lot of joy. Like, you know, I made some healthy brownies for the kids' lunch for today. And that's... Part of me saying, I want to make sure that you're healthy. I want you to have this association with mama and home as, as home cooked meals as well. Mm. So, yeah, now I under, it's developed, but um, we weren't brought up as, as foodies. My mum was a single mum, and so it was very much basics yep. and get it done. And us girls just learnt some basics of how to make them as well. So I think it's really fascinating. I always want it. When I look at food, and especially with my children, I want them to have good attachment to food, to be healthy, uh, to have good associations, to think about fuel for their body, Mm. and then making food choices from that based from a place of, of liking yourself and wanting to charge your body. Yeah, I mean, that's just totally, uh, pretty much replicates how I view it as well. You know, I was very much brought up by mum who definitely love language was provision and she just provided beautiful homemade food all the time. And I 
I've said in my blog online, you know, I just remember being a teenage girl and being kind of like a little bit overweight and not really sure of myself, definitely not confident around boys and having boys constantly come to the house to hang out. And, you know, we did have a swimming pool, so that was a hit because we were in Perth and it was always very hot. But the boys always used to say, and they would come into the kitchen and just demolish mum's home baking, you know, Tupperware containers full (laughs) of caramel slice and all these yummy things. And they would come around for the food. And I was just always chuffed because it was like, oh my gosh, well, these kind of quite nice boys would hang out at my house. And so I very much viewed it as, you know, if you give food and if there's always lovely fresh food around, then people will gather. And then as I traveled, you know, with my husband as an expat to all these different countries and not sure how to fit in, Mm. I just thought if I keep providing food, then people will want to come around and the kids' friends will want to come to our place and just keep putting food on the table and people will feel comfortable about being in my domain. Oh, yeah. And And I I know, I realized. Was like talking about my mother-in-law, my husband's really proud of that about her. That mm. you know, no matter who you are, you come into her house and she will feed you. And they will be people who sometimes look a little, you know, you might not expect that they might be in their house, but they come in any form, any shape and size, and she'll be ready there and want Welcoming. to do that. And I've listened to the way that he talks about that, and it's he feels really proud about that. And I think that is an important thing. I mean, and he and I agree that our house is to be that place as well. And if ever any of our friends are in a situation where they need some downtime, then they've come to stay with us, and that's the really kids. important to us. Oh, no, the... No, yeah, our Even friends, them. Yeah, yeah, or anyone, anyone, you know, like say I had a friend a few years ago and she's part of our wider family and um, she wasn't in a good place and we're like, well, you're going to stay at our place and this is, you know, we'll do this and this is, we just want you to be here because we want you to feel the support that you've got somewhere to go. Um, so we both are aligned in that way and I think mm. that's a really interesting thing if you're aligned with your partner in terms of what food means and what what we call manaki means. So manaki and Māori means to um, to provide for people, to look after them and it's really important on the marae. Like, do you remember Casey and Karina who won yes. um, Master Chef? Chef. They may be top of their game and they're doing so well in lots of different ways, but that doesn't mean that they have any status at the marae. In the marae kitchen, it's completely different. <laughs> the aunties are in charge. And because they won MasterChef, they might get to make the cheese sauce, but they'd be pretty lucky. Wow. Yeah. So how does it work? Tell us how it works. Oh, it's fascinating. It really Please is. Share. Um, how amazing. So in terms of marae kitchens, and everyone is different, but the precision is like restaurants. And these people, so they come together uh, when there's a need for it. So there might be hui, there might be meetings. And a lot of the time it's for funerals, for tangihana. And there will usually be an auntie or some sort of matriarchal features, uh, sometimes men, and you know what they do. So some people get meat, some people their family always provide the veggies. One family, they always, right. they always do, like they might be famous for their cheese sauce. And Rotorua <laughs> is very competitive. Who makes wow. the best steamed pudding? Wow. And it all sort of comes together. Everyone contributes. And then it is kind of continuing pay it forward because the family who is grieving don't do anything. Right. Uh, everyone just provides food for them and looks after them, and they are not to actually touch food. It's, it's actually sacred. Right. So when you are connected closely to the dead, you never provide the food to anybody else. But the time will come when you then go back into the marae kitchen and the people who are cooking, when they are 
uh, grieving, then you turn around and you do that for them. So it's really beautiful. beautiful and fascinating. Yeah, that is beautiful. And I really believe in that as well. I really believe things have happened in my life where people have helped. Uh, you know, for example, I had a little girl first before I had my boys oh. and we lost her. Yeah. And the people at the hospital who dealt with my husband and I at the time and that situation was so extraordinary. But straight after we had to get on an aeroplane and go back to Jakarta because that's where we were living. And so our life moved on and, you know, we've got our beautiful boys and so on and so forth. And we've done things along the way for other people. But I've always had in the back of my mind... What can I do? It won't mm. be for those people. It won't be for the yeah. specific nurses or the doctors that were there at the time. But now I'm ambassador for Ronald McDonald House here. And it's like, finally, yes. for me, finally, this is my yeah. moment to give. And it's not exactly the same people, but it's come around that it yeah. was appropriate for me to give now for other families who, you know, are, are dealing Unfortunately, with, yeah. you understand the situation. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think that's just so beautiful. And if food can be a part of that on the Marai, obviously, dealing with families in a charity where you can provide food to just help them through because that's they don't want to think about it. Um, it's so comforting and beautiful, yeah. isn't and it? and it's so... Important, like we have. Uh, I mean, you teach a lot of values through food as well, mm. and we have a saying uh, in Maori: haere me anake. So don't ever turn up with just your forehead. So you go bearing some sort of food, and it doesn't have to be flesh. It can be bread, it can be fruit. But most of us feel strange turning up somewhere without any food. Like you often go to meetings or anything oh, with wow. Maori, and there's food. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be food because it's part of how you protect your um, mana as a people so that you provide for someone, and you never ever you know turn it down or say anything bad about it no matter if you get given a drink of water and a dry piece of bread you always say to the home people thank you for this feast that you've put on to look after us you know there's a lot of prestige and status mm, held that's a lovely culture yeah actually it reminds me of indonesia as mm. well in the indonesian home uh that's always set up with like a reception room at the very front of the home and you would it's rare that anyone would get invited beyond that unless you're your close family so if you arrive at anyone's house you're seated and you're given a cup of tea or water and something to eat in that reception area so that you would never leave yes. without something in your tummy before yeah. you go it's such a beautiful culture and it's i, I think you know we have it in in lots of different ways. As I say, my husband and I, our mum's, um, his mum isn't Māori, my mum wasn't. And oh, so, really? No. Okay, no. okay. But his mum is very much in the way that she has, you know, living in Rotorua and being married for years to his dad. That's very much how she operates. And it was wonderful, actually, when Casey and Karina's cookbook came out, she said, I've got that recipe because, as they said, it oh. was passed down. Through generations. And that particular cheesecake, she'd written it as a young married woman. And had been given that, but but then people get. Do you have this when people get protective about their family recipes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends, she gave it to me, and then she messaged me later, and she goes, "Okay, can you please not tell anybody else that recipe because only me and my sister have it, and no one else is really allowed it." Isn't so just that in case, hilarious. I, I know it's amazing, and it is amazing now that people still feel like that in spite of social media and all the recipes out there and all the blogs out there, oh. and all the photos out there that people are still protective of their specific family. Scotty's cousins are hilarious. So with Casey and Karina, I know for their launch of their uh, their book that one of the aunties, um, Scotty's cousin, she made cheesecakes and she says, because those girls don't know how to make cheesecakes. <laughs> and he goes, yes, that's true. You know, the best the best biscuits are Wise. They know that. And the best steam pudding, they know which auntie does that. You know, it's – and I must admit, I am fascinated who shortbread is. 
always perfect. Like just got the that, auntie, yeah, <laughs> Scotty's cousin. I and I know she'll never tell me. She will. No, ne- there'll be something in there, something in there that no, she's I, not going to share. I think it might be salt. I don't know what it is, but it's always the right amount. And all I can do is just give praise and go, "Yep." Yeah. <laughs> <I laughs> One love day it. I, love I might it. be there. Do any of your kids enjoy cooking? All of them do actually. Do they? And I love cooking with them because, mm, as I say, that's fun, isn't it? I have that memory with my nana, who was very much a baker, mm. and so she would also make pikelets. And I remember my little eyes just coming up to the bread bin um, phase, and I could see underneath the tea towels the pikelets that she'd made. And so those sort of memories to me are really important to mm. do that, make them together. So um, of course, it always. <laughs> takes twice as long and makes twice as much mess, Absolutely. but it's a beautiful experience together mm. and it's really important and, you know, things like uh, our kids just doing dishes, understanding that's yeah. part of it, uh, the process of why people do things. And I say that to them and I say, you know, Papa does this because he loves you and he wants to, you know, make sure that you're nice and healthy, but yeah, Papa does need to ease back on the sugar to be fair sometimes. <laughs> I think that's, so, yeah, I know, but it's tricky, isn't it? Because I was brought up with sugar, you know, it was always home baking and it was lots of sugar and um, that's just, that was just the era and we didn't think about it because I guess we were going through the no fat phase at that yeah. point and now we're, we're We've turned it on its head. Uh, and I'm more careful. However, I haven't niched right down to no, no sugar. Same, no, same, And I really think just a balance, just a sensible balance. And when it is sugar in our house, it's because it's in something that's home cooked. It's not because it's hidden in a packaged food yeah. somewhere. So I'm very careful about that. And the cereals that the boys have, you know, are pretty – or they think that it's a really boring household. They love going to their friends' houses where they get, you know, a complete – breadth of choice of what they can have for breakfast and in our house it's kind of eggs on toast or a wheat bix and that's about it Uh, but we do do lots of home baking and yeah of course there's sugar in it but we know that there is and we're not going to live on a chocolate cake yeah and to be fair the friend who asked me not to tell anyone her recipe recipe, I I didn't have the heart to say well I've actually adjusted it because I thought canola oil tasted better than the the what she had then and there she had olive oil and I was like I can taste it I don't want to taste that in the cake so yeah yeah Mm. it was interesting but um, the thing I agree because I know someone who completely is gone. There's no sugar. The kids not allowed it at birthday parties. That child just stands at the food table and shovels all the sweets into their mouth because she's never allowed it. And so that's. I mean, I think about what are we trying to teach here, and it's about balance and making mm, choices. I think and so too. are they going to race out of the house and go? Thank God, I'm away from the sugar prison, and I can eat whatever I want. Mm. You know, and then actually go overboard. So yeah, I think the whole understanding of the you know to to make good choices or choices that your body will thank you for. But you know, I really I love their little hands cracking eggs, even if it's all over the place. Um, I love. The fact that they are engaged in that and it's something I want to do more of because I haven't got the veggie garden going. We just renovated all the way through doing Whānau Living, which, which was such irony because – You come, renovated your home – Yes. – during the filming of Whānau yes. Living. I emerged from a dust pit <laughs> and the irony was not lost on me, don't you worry. 
And I just thought, you know, no one knows when they're watching this. No one knows. So, oh, serenity. (laughs) I know because it's the most beautifully produced show, I have to say, because I've only just been on in this last series. And when I watched it back, I was like, oh, my gosh, we look really beautiful, Stacey. (laughs) So great makeup artist. And we'll give her a shout out. Go Alana. Alana. Alana Menel. Menel. She's amazing. And she came, she did you for another event, did she? Yes, she came and did my makeup for my photo shoot for uh, my professional photo shoot and I also snuck her in and got my makeup done for a Ronald McDonald House event that I was at as their ambassador because she's just awesome. She does a beautiful job and also as a working mum herself. I mean, I think that we support each other. That's really important that you you promo friends and you try and get them work as well. And for our show, what I'm really proud of is the people that make it all on board. Like we're all about what we do and we really had to pull together for that last one because we got our funding six weeks later than usual but had to deliver at the same time of course for 40 episodes <laughs> and then I just you know renovated my house someone else had to have a major oh operation someone else's parent died you know it's but have you got a gorgeous kitchen and home now um yes yes I have Lucky a you. scullery which oh. is the meaning of my life. It is oh. pathetic, but I am so excited you about the scullery. You can just all the stuff out there. I just stand there looking at it. I just look in at disbelief. the jazz. I just love it. <laughs> and as I say, my inner child is so satisfied. I put it on Instagram. That's how tragic it is. Oh, good but, on you, Stacey. I, <laughs> I love like, it. Look at it. And one woman I know said, I do have a label maker if you want. And I was like, I want to go minimalistic here. And I do cut the labels out and put them inside so that yes. in case I forget. Um, but I, you want I it don't. You look very flash, as if you know what all those grains yes. are. Yeah, right. I know what all the different shades of brown are. Um, well, but I'm impressed because do you know at some of my corporate events, I do a breakaway challenge. So depending on where I'm doing my events and what they're after, I do a breakaway challenge though. So they're in the midst of cooking their meal, which I'm going to judge. And then I get them to break away and they have to come to a table and name all the grains. You oh, know when you go yes. into the supermarket yeah, yeah. and they're all in those bulk bins. So I just go along and I get a whole heap of stuff Blind that testing. is really yeah. bizarre, you know, and linseed and things that, and put them all out so that they get an, you know, an opportunity to gain extra points. And often they just stare at them and they're like, oh my goodness, good point, Vanessa. Like how many times do you pass those bins? You think, yep, I know what all of that is. And then if you have them in front of you without the labels. I know, actually, but I com- love that. <laughs> I love all that gaining that food knowledge. It's amazed me since these shows have come out, MKR, MasterChef, how much food knowledge people have. Mm. Although I know it's sneaky behind the scenes, they're feeding them information. But anyway, I do think that's really interesting. No, we really? didn't get, No, Stacey. Well, you were on the first one though, weren't you? No, Second? it was on the third. Fourth. Fourth Okay, series. but I also know television, Vanessa. <laughs> no, but do you know what? I went on as a contestant, right, and I thought – it is not possible for all those people to know all those recipes and have all that knowledge without having access. So they obviously tell them in advance what to cook and they obviously have access to recipe books and things when they're cooking. That's what you thought. That's what That's I think. That's what I thought. So I got one as a contestant. I'll be able to gun this. I mean, obviously you get a lot of help on the side. No, you do not. There is nothing on the day. So you arrive at the studio, you're... Uh, phone, your iPad and everything is taken away from you, all those gorgeous recipe books that you see in the studio when you're watching it on TV on the side, you're not allowed to touch them. They're just there for show. They're probably blooming borrowed from a bookshop. We never opened them. Seriously. And the only thing is, obviously at night you can SWAT and you can look, but you have no idea what the challenge is going to be. I know that Casey and did that. They did SWAT. They did a training program going up to it. But yeah, I mean, that is a skill that everyone wants. Go, okay, um, 
Um, There's your pantry cook. Yes. Yeah. And this is what's left. Because I remember when I wasn't really into cooking and a girlfriend lived at my house. Same thing. She was like, she just had a road bump. And so we like, come live at my house. And we were two young I single women. I must remember, by the way, in case I ever hit a road yeah, bump. Yeah, I do. Give you a do. Call. You know we are. My husband will go, I've been a very welcome. That's all good. Uh, so yeah, she came and lived with me. And I didn't cook at that stage. That's why she's made me this whole recipe book. And, and I was, nice. I was proud of the fact that I didn't cook. And so I remember looking in the pantry and I was like, mm, there's no food. And I went out and I came back again and she had made like beautiful crepes with chicken mushrooms. I was like, where'd you get that from? She said, it was in your pantry. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she could be a MasterChef contestant. Yes, no, she really is. She's incredible. And so, I mean, I find all of that learning really interesting and the, the ways that we can, um, I mean, I find it fascinating. I've done interviews with people who are working in the areas of nutrition and that they've had to flip on their head what they learned. Absolutely. And I think that I really respect people who do that mm. rather than just holding fast to what they know and saying, no, no, this is what I've always taught, so it must be right. And being open to new ideas and new ways of eating. Um, mm. Lifelong learning. Yeah, It's one exactly. of my catchphrases in my home because the boys, you know, they get grumpy about schoolwork or whatever. And I just keep reminding them for all of us, it's lifelong learning. You know, yeah, it seems boring now at the time what you're learning at school, but it will hold you in good stead for later. But look at me, I'm still learning. I mean, I couldn't possibly just go, oh, I went to Italy and did a food course, you know, when I, back in Done. the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, done, yeah. tick the box. It's not like that at all. No, and I think, you know, one thing is is having food books around. Mm, it's Being inspired. Yeah, and and it's so easily accessible now, but the things that always stand out are things that relate to your lifestyle and your way of eating and what works for you. I mean, in terms of food education, for my husband, when we started getting my food bag, he, like even last night, he said to me, he goes, is this a courgette? I oh, said, bless. that's a cucumber, my love. Oh, <laughs> it you know and I'm not going to baby him through it and when he makes it I go fantastic love it and he appreciates that he knows the ingredients are there he can follow the recipe yeah, no, that's fantastic. and so there is no way that I'll ever say oh you should have chopped them like this or like that it's like thank you for doing it yes exactly I really appreciate it I love it it's beautiful everyone wants to be appreciated absolutely yeah. I agree hey Awesome. I was just, I, mean, I think we could talk for hours on all I sorts of different subjects. I think it's thing. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been so fantastic, and maybe we'll have you back on our podcast uh, another time. But thank you so much for your time. I know you're so busy. It's all good. So thank I'm just you. going to finish off with a crazy little quick fire set of questions for yes. you. Don't think too hard, just whatever comes into don't your mind. Don't overthink it, Stacey. Don't yeah, overthink don't it. Don't overthink it. Come on, you're used to this on the hits anyway. <laughs> so, so here we go almonds or cashews? Almonds. Ice cream or sorbet? No ice cream. Rice or couscous? Couscous. Ooh, pikelet or scone? Mm, no pikelet. It has to be if your nana had I you. I know. Yeah. Now nana. with the story of the nana, it has to be pikelet. <laughs> Salmon or tuna? Oh, none. Oh, you don't like seafood? I'll go for sa- no, I do, but just not those two. Okay, salmon okay. if I have to. I've learned about salmon this year. Mm, I had a real bias against it, but I won't. Mm, no, salmon. Salmon. Would that be cooked or Oh, smoked? yes, please. Yeah. Cooked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what seafood do you like? What's your favourite? Um, I love crayfish, funnily enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I love I love lots of and, – and I do like crabs. I like I like fish and everything, but uh, but not salmon. Salmon's, not salmon. I had this thing where I just got fed lots of salmon and I lived in uh, Japan and then we went to Russia. It was always salmon. Came and run and Overload. Yes. Mm, and it yeah. is quite rich. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Okay. Well, that was a funny question to put in there, <laughs> there wasn't it? Pie or crumble? Oh, crumble. 
Mm, and apple, yeah? Yes. And at the moment, apple and fajoa. Yeah, I'm all about the crust. <laughs> Me too. Summer or winter? Summer. Restaurant or cafe? Oh, either. I'm fine, actually. How about a restaurant at night, cafe, brunch? Yeah, good plan. <laughs> Both. Bake or cook? Mm, well, that's a, it's a similar. I'd like to bake one time in the day and cook the rest, but I think baking. Yeah, baking. I do like baking. Dessert or cheese platter? Well, I do love me some cheese. Me too. How about a cheesecake? A cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> or dessert and then an hour later have the cheese platter. Yes. Oh, well, my, my danger is, is that I gorge myself on the cheese platter so I'm too full. So a then dessert. I just have to have dessert. So I only get to have cheese and dessert. But that is another way of looking <laughs> at a menu. Awesome. She wants everything, this woman. <laughs> I love it, Stacey. I love it. Girl of my heart. How about a favourite cookbook? Do you have one? Mm, that's really hard. Well, I'd have to say that one that my friend made for me because now I've because chucked. Because it's personal. Yeah, it is. And and made the go-to cake and we write things in the front and it's a big old mess and there's oh, things that have been chucked in there and it's got heart and memories and it's about my learning process as well. So I've got to love that. Okay. Hey, thank you so much. That was thank so you. awesome talking to you. And <laughs> it took I know, long enough to get around to I it. I know it did, <laughs> but I totally get that. And I'm just like so thrilled and honoured that you said yes to come on the podcast. And it's so exciting for me to be able to have this chat with you. So thanks for your time. Oh, no, thank you. Every email of yours I read, I look at and I go, oh, yeah, now, there we go. There's the girls doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Stacey. I feel the same about you. So kindred spirits. Thank you. Have an awesome day. Thanks so much for being part of the podcast. Yeah, Kilda. Wow, this podcast, Food, Family and Friends, I am loving it. I hope you're loving it as much as I am. What fabulous guests we have on each week. It is just so inspiring talking to these people who are as equally as passionate about food and the relationships and the way food brings people together as I am. If you're after more during the week and you'd like to see some of our fabulous free blog tips and recipes, then head on over to our website, which is Food, Family friendspodcast.com Also, there's a whole heap of other podcasts that you can listen to. Uh, you can have a look at the options on worldpodcasts.com If you're here in New Zealand, then you can also head to podcasts.co.nz and see uh, all the other fantastic podcasts that are up and running and due to launch in the very near future. It's so exciting to share with you. Thanks so much for coming along on the journey with us. It's awesome to have you all on board and I can't wait to touch base with you again next week. Food, Family and Friends Podcast, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com.